was with God, and the Word was God. This is the nature of the Holy Trinity, this invisible, unseen presence that's alive within you and all around you. So the words that arise in mind are powerful because they are infused with this unseen presence. Your thoughts are powerful. Thought, mind, and the power of presence is the alchemy of creation. If you think about something long enough, the universe responds by creating that experience. So your words are powerful. Negative thoughts about yourself generate negative feelings. Negative thoughts about the world, about your friends and family, create, they manifest the experience of negativity. So these thoughts that arise in mind contain an unseen power. And really to understand the nature of suffering, you have to understand the power of words, the power of thought, the Logos, the Holy Trinity, which is this invisible presence, the power of life itself within you. This is your eternal nature. But to see through the illusion generated by your mind and the sensing nature of your body you have to understand that words, thoughts are powerful. And if you feed thought with your attention, it gets exponentially powerful. If you dwell on the past and try and fix and change something that's already happened, you will be miserable. Even if you're trying to remember something that was pleasant, a happy experience, giving your attention to what was creates a sense of sadness and loss. So the challenge is to stay focused on the presence beyond the words and where the words arise from within you. And if you pay very, very close attention, you can see that your thoughts do not arise in your head. Thoughts don't arise in your head. They arise from heart, from the consciousness deeply rooted in the spiritual center of the body, which is just to the right of your physical heart. And this is true for every single person, regardless of perspective, experience, religious beliefs, scientific beliefs. The core of your body, where thought arises, is just to the right 
of your physical heart. This is the seat of me, which is the seat of the ego, right? And in many traditions, the idea is the ego is the root of all suffering, so the ego must be removed, eradicated, right, through spiritual practice. But in this tradition, it's more about seeing through the illusion generated by your five senses and the reflective consciousness of ego. Because your ego is like a mirror reflecting what you think, reflecting what you remember, what you project. It reflects it back to you. And then the body senses this reflective thought and generates emotion. Negative emotions, anger, rage, sadness, fear, anxiety. All of this arises from reflective consciousness. Because the way you perceive thought, your perspective of an event, is based on your thoughts and your emotions. And it seems like it was the outer conflict that caused the inner turmoil. But this is one of the great tricks of ego. The inner turmoil is caused by you. It has nothing to do with the circumstances that you've experienced, no matter how painful they might have been perceived. It's not taking it to the extreme of saying it didn't happen. It's just that whatever you are experiencing is the direct result of the thoughts in your own mind that you agree with. And it's that agreement with mind that generates the emotion. If you've developed the skill to remain still regardless of the circumstances, if you've developed the skill to see through reflective consciousness, then there is no reaction. There is an equanimity and a peace, a calm and a stillness, which is your natural state. So the mind, in combination with ego, this agreement between ego, which is the sense of me and your thoughts, it's the agreement that generates whatever you're feeling. So part of this path is recognizing that this is going on and having the maturity to take responsibility. Responsibility is essential, not from the place of shame or guilt that you shouldn't have thought this or you shouldn't have experienced this. It's more, I am generating this. If you are angry, you are generating it through your thoughts and the agreement with those thoughts. And once you recognize that you're actually agreeing with the thoughts and you stop the agreement, then the mind can stop its story weaving. 
because the mind is a masterful weaver of stories. And it's the stories that arise in your mind that make the emotions supercharged with the energy and power of your attention. It literally grabs your attention, pulls you deeper and deeper into the story because the mind and the ego together in tandem want to be right. There's a deep egoic desire to be right. And it's this movement to be right that creates the outer fight, the outer conflict. But if you surrender that desire to the heart, if you let go and focus on the source of all thoughts, then there is no conflict. There are no negative emotions. There is only love, peace, compassion, equanimity. But this is a huge challenge. You have to be quiet to notice what's going on in your own mind. You have to inquire. How did you get angry? Not why did you get angry, but how? How did you quit the spiritual path? Or how did you stop practicing? How did that happen? It's the how that really matters because you need to see through the mind. You need to see through the story that you're weaving and what can be very, very strong emotions. But in order to see all of this, you have to be still. You have to be quiet. You have to take responsibility. A hundred percent responsibility. If you're upset at all about anything, it's your responsibility because you've agreed with your thoughts. And it's really as simple as stop that agreement. Stop agreeing with what you think. So when you're moving through life, inquiry means to see through. Inquiry is not a, a new excuse. Oh, it's just my ego. It's my fixation. It's because Mars is in retrograde or Mercury is in retrograde. And so that's why I'm upset. There's always these outer reasons that mind weaves into the story. So who is weaving this story, right? Seeing through the story, whatever the story might be. Many people start on the mountain path and quit when it got tough. And there's always these rough patches as you progress spiritually. Things arise, vasanas that are unknown to you, samskaras, gunas. These are all part of the biology of suffering. And the more you burn with spiritual practice, the more these things can arise to be met, to be released, to be let go of. 
not to be clung to or become part of the story. So if you find yourself giving up or quitting, regardless of what it might be, you might set out to lose weight. And in the beginning, you're really meticulous about what you're eating, but over time you start falling back into old patterns. Then the thought comes in, I can't do this. You agree with that thought. And then the diet, you're back to your old pattern of gaining weight, more and more weight, right? And this is true of anything that we set out to do. The mind can trick you into quitting, into stopping. It can trick you into being more and more and more angry, more and more and more stressed or anxious. So mastery of mind is no small endeavor, right? Mastery of mind means you have to make a deep commitment to yourself and stay the course. The mountain path of Ramana Maharshi is no easy path. It's a very advanced yogic path, a very deep path, an extremely powerful, life-changing path. But the commitment must be there, and the maturity to face yourself must be there. The maturity to take responsibility and look deep within yourself to see what are you agreeing with? What story have you created based on some past event? And then stop. Stop telling the story. Stop trying to be right. And then just stop and be quiet, be still. And notice where your thoughts arise from. So this is the beginning of seeing through the story. And then there's all of these tendencies that are unconscious that require the power of practice, the power of discipline. This is a requirement. If you want to make progress on the mountain path, there's three aspects that you have to fully embrace inquiry. It's all about inquiry, seeing through the illusion of reflective consciousness. That's what inquiry is, vachara, silence as an inquiry, focusing on the source. To be quiet is to focus on the source. Where do your thoughts arise from? So meditation, silence, as an inquiry. And then the mantra is essential, especially the pranava practice that Ramana recommended. Pranava is essential because it combines the power of breath with the sound, the primordial sound of Om. 
and the seed letters contained within that sound. So pranava as a practice is essential for training your mind energetically on the electromagnetic level to focus on source. You can know that the gateway to freedom is in your heart and you will not choose it because of the samskaras because of the vasanas, because of the gunas, these deeply ingrained tendencies of the physical realm, right? So there, there has to be this commitment and this maturity to take responsibility. And then the actual application of the teaching, which means it must be integrated into your life. Meditation has to become part of your life. Inquiry is not something you do once in a while when you're with a teacher or in a retreat or in a satsang hall. Inquiry happens every moment with every breath. So breath is important because it's what stills the mind. Prana is focused on breathing the mantra, singing the mantra, which requires a deep breath in and an exhale out, right? And then actually singing out loud and also silently the seed letters, right? This generates a powerful electromagnetic energy inside your body and this sacred fire is essential to remove all of the unconscious karma vasanas and other tendencies your conditioned tendencies based on your life experience gunas which are the three primary tendencies, the movement towards pleasure, the movement to fight, and the movement to seek freedom. All three movements must be overcome. So OM is a powerful sound, and sound, the sound of the mantra, is an act of surrender. It's really recognizing that you cannot remove from your electromagnetic energy field, the karma from many millions of incarnations. It's simply not possible to do that. Intellectual understanding alone does not work. Knowing that the self is in the heart and that you are that self is very superficial. It does nothing to eradicate the underlying vasanas and genetic tendencies that cause suffering to repeat again and again in your life. So meditation, the mantra, inquiry, all of it is an inquiry in the context of the mountain path. So the clear way is within you. 
it is it lives in sadhana which is the fire of letting go it is the spark of consciousness within you that ignites a holy blaze and it's this invisible fire which you can experience as a kind of burning sensation it's this invisible fire that has the power to remove all of this karmic junk and biology that keeps you trapped in various patterns of suffering but your first step must be to take responsibility to take responsibility for your actions and your reactions and your thoughts and your feelings to notice what story you're weaving in your mind and stop believing in that story no matter how compelling it might be no matter how many facts you've collected forget it drop it let go of it the story is what keeps you trapped in the past and it's immature to think that you can hold on to your story and continue on the mountain path you must surrender the story and offer your ego to god as prasad please god take this me help me that's what every mantra is it's an act of devotion offering your ego to god it's an act of surrender help i cannot do this on my own this is humbling for the mind and the ego to ask god this invisible presence for help and help is always available the moment you have the courage the moment you have the maturity to say i can't do this i need help please help me so every mantra is a prayer so this is part of ramana's teaching that's not often discussed prayer is essential and true prayer is not asking for what you want more stuff in the world or to get rid of your pain or to get rid of your relationship that you no longer want no prayer is the act of surrender asking god to help you help me remove all of this junk from my electromagnetic field this is the act of surrender surrendering fully to the presence and allowing that vast intelligent presence to remove all barriers to your direct experience your direct realization of the living truth that is alive within you because you are that 
But even that statement falls down because it's still intellectual. It can't remain in the intellectual realm if what you want is liberation, moksha, enlightenment. The mountain path is about moksha. Satsang is about moksha. Realizing beyond thought that you are sat-chit-ananda, consciousness, being, bliss. That's who you are. But as a direct experience of that. And there ultimately are no words for the love that you are, the peace that you are. And when you align your conscious awareness with your heart through sadhana, through this process of letting go, then you fall deeper and deeper in love. The love of the universe, transcendent of human love, the unconditional love of God. Because who you are is love. And when you surrender to this fire of grace in your heart, the love of your heart, ultimately you will be freed by the power of the presence. Om Shanti 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 Om. Oh.